Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Last day work of the ministry, the latter rain. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ being preached in all the world for witness in all nations with the gospel of this kingdom. Who is he going to use? Who is going to preach that gospel? Well, we know it is the body of Christ. But what nations are going to be counted worthy to do that? Well, here in America, we have pretty well followed the prosperity gospel preachers that it's all a matter of mammon, money. That if you follow God, you'll be blessed financially. It's called a prosperity gospel. And these ministers, jet airplanes, and telling you that you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will be blessed not just in the Word of God, but financially. And that is that many have erred, thinking that gain is godliness. Those that will be rich fall into diverse temptations, and many hurtful lust because they've gone after the world. They're not transformed. They're conformed to the world, thinking they don't need to change. You just come in there and ask Jesus to come into your heart, not being born of the water and the spirit, but simply a repentance intellectually, and then get ready for the financial blessings. And that is a straight out lie. Those that come to Jesus, he stated himself, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Well, what we have pretty much throughout the world is a crossless Christianity. How bit when we have gone to Africa since 2012 and we have dear brethren that are in India that we have had the pleasure of having coming to America and fellowshipping with us here that they have gone through trials, many sufferings. Some have had their villages completely burned to their ground by the Boko Haram in Nigeria. Others there have suffered the cruel mockings of the Islam against the Christian faith. Buses being stopped in northern Kenya and on the bus ask them, the members to, to come out of the bus and either say you're a Muslim on one side and Christian on the other, and the Christians are then killed, macheted, torn to pieces, and left for dead. Now, they have suffered for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we brought uh, there in Kenya, Ghana, with our good friend Samuel Anakwan there in uh, uh, Peshiman, Ghana, uh, there and many other Kamasi, uh, different places there, Accra, uh, there, and also in Kenya, Nairobi, Kasumu, uh, El Dorit, all the way through uh, Katali, Ahero, all the way through Kenya and Ghana, with about 12 neighboring nations coming to these crusades and ministers' conferences. And they have come out of a Trinity, Trinity denominational Protestant lies. They've come into the one God, Jesus, only doctrine of Christ. Without that doctrine of Christ and abiding in that doctrine, there is no salvation. You can believe with an intellectual consent all day long that Jesus 
is the Son of God. But not having the revelation of that, that knowing that the Son of God is the Father revealed, as Jesus said in John 8, 24, he said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. So the doctrine of Christ is essential for salvation. We brought that doctrine to them. Now, they have been born again of the water and the Spirit after they repented. Now they're saying, lead us on. Now, why is it breaking out there in Africa and in India? Well, the simple truth is they've suffered for it. Anytime that a person and a believer that suffers for the cause of Christ and goes through a time of tribulation, it works patience. And that patience works experience in the Lord. Have your senses exercised, thereby to discern both good from evil. And then that experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. These ministers there, they're pastors, bishops, evangelists, are begging our ministry team to come and lead them on. And it is burning in their heart for this truth. And the reason is simply because they're suffering for the cause of Christ, which going through the fiery trial, which is to try you, and their faith is coming forth as pure gold. Any nation that comes after Christ in righteousness exalts a nation, and righteousness has to be obeyed. But we're told you don't have to obey anything. Well, when we see in Romans 6 that Paul tells us explicitly that whosoever you yield your members and servants to obey him are the servants to whom you obey. You have the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But if it's not obeyed, and notice the first thing that the believer is going to go through after coming into that doctrine of Christ, into the truth, just as it is with Jesus in the days of his flesh. As soon as Jesus came into his ministry, he was led of the Spirit of God into the wilderness, not to the promised land, into the wilderness. Somebody said, why? Why not put him in an ivory house, put him in chariots of gold and silver and say, this is the Son of God? Well, of course not, because he is our example. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. And he learned obedience to the things which he suffered. That is the mind of Christ. But very few have that mind of Christ now. You'll see in Revelation 7, in the apocalyptic sealing here that God is doing now, that the sealing of the servants of God is in their forehead. In their foreheads because it is the mind of Christ. <clears throat> they understand that they were not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. These nations have done that. Even in America, with the slavery, with the black population being uh, uh, used and used as slaves in the southern plantations, and they cried out to God. We see in James 4, this sufferings and their cries coming up before the Lord of Sabaoth. And what happens? God moves for them. And rightfully so. Because 
they were ill-treated and for the, the uh, culture they stood for and for God. Some of the greatest old spiritual songs was simply due to the sufferings and the pain that they went through. Now, anyone, somebody said, well, what about now? Well, they're lifted up. The Lord is blessing those that are called upon his name. The same way is happening right now in Africa and India because they've suffered for the cause of Christ. There, the faith that they have received in the Lord Jesus Christ have been greatly assaulted by various cultures, tribal warfares in, in Africa, and they have stood for the cause of Christ. Now, if you're, you're used to uh, hearing and keeping up with the current Christian faith in the world, and many believers there in uh, the Communist uh, Party there and the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, are thrown into concentration camps simply because they carry a Bible. Or we find in North Korea even subject unto death because you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. These nations, though they think that they are quenching the Spirit of God and stopping the gospel from going forth, what they don't realize is that the blood of the saints, when you slay and kill one of the body of Christ, you are literally destroying and killing the body of Christ, which is his body. And that is bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And that is the faith and the patience of the saints that we see in the book of the Revelation. That many will be led into captivity, will go into captivity. Those that kill with a sword must be killed with a sword. You may kill the body of Christ, but it will be recompensed to you again. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. They know in whom they believed. So there's a great move and a revival right now. I'm going to say a revival, but it's a new thing that God is doing through those that are suffering for his cause, for his namesake. And it is breaking out right now in the African nations. We are hearing of it and begging us to come as, as they're fasting and praying that God is answering their prayers. A great move of God is happening there. The great move in the revelation of Jesus Christ coming out of a trinity, a denominal Protestant uh, things that we have heard of the God-man over the years and these ecumenical councils and synods that were totally in error. The Council of Nicaea, the Nicene Creed in 325 A.D., saying there was a tri-personality of the Godhead, totally alive. The 451 A.D., Chalcedonian definition, at Council of Chalcedon, stating the God-man, the greatest lie, totally against Christ and the revelation of Christ, that the Son of God, stating, declaring that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world. In other words, Spirit Senior had Spirit Junior, and there's a Spirit Junior with a Spirit Senior in heaven. That is a gross lie. There's only one Spirit, and that is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty himself, which is and was revealed in Jesus' day 
of his flesh, the Father revealed. Now, the ones that are learning this and coming into the doctrine of Christ are being blessed with the power of the Holy Ghost, not financially. Of course, God, if he can get it through you, he'll give it to you. And that you're rich not toward self, but rich toward God, because God's in a salvation business. So why is there such a great move right now of the Holy Ghost in Africa? It's because they suffered for the cause of Christ. Why is it that we find the churches literally dwindling and drying up in America? Because no one is suffering for the truth. There is uh, the sanctification that is required of God for the believer. If you're going to preach this gospel of Jesus Christ, just as our elder brother, as our example, our kinsman redeemer did in the days of his flesh. The father revealed, showing us the way, the truth, and the life to get to him. The first thing that happened when Jesus was baptized of John and Jordan along Beth Arba, where John was baptizing, immediately the heavens were open. It was a new thing. After the order of Melchizedek, not after Levi, of the Aaronic priesthood, and the Holy Ghost, in the form of a dove, the shape of a dove, abode upon Jesus. But notice, the first thing that happened is a spirit trave Jesus into the wilderness, there to be tempted of Satan. Somebody said, why? Well, simply because. Think it all a joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Somebody said, a joy? Yes. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold. When you pray for that patience, why is it not something that the flesh and the propensity and the desires of the flesh have to be crucified? You have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. And those that do that in sanctifying themselves through thy truth Thy word is truth through obedience unto righteousness. Then grow up into Jesus in all truth and all things. And the new thing, new wine skins that they hold the new wine. The new thing that God is preparing his body for now. This is critical and it's crucial to us that follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That we arm ourselves with the same mind of Christ. 1 Peter 4.1 for as much then as the Lord Jesus Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. We are to arm ourselves with the very same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Not as evildoers, not as liars or cheats or uh, false witnesses or uh, disobeying the laws of God and the civil governments. But obeying the word of God and pleasing God rather than man. And by doing that and standing for the Lord Jesus Christ, he's exalted. They see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a great move of God for those that are occupied until he comes. These are the ones that are suffering for his name's sake. And those that are suffering you'll find that that is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. 
what? Your tribulations and persecutions that you endure. Count it all of joy. Somebody said, a joy? How can that be? Because take a look at 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter. That's when your faith grows exceedingly. The charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. Charity is not the love of God. It's not just love. It's love not in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. That's charity. Charity is misrepresented by just saying it's love. It's not just an affection. It is the love for God based in the word of God, based in doing his will, based in pleasing God and obedience under righteousness, which yields the peaceful fruits of holiness. So Paul states there to us for our, our learning, our, make, our admonition, that we understand why we suffer, why there is sufferings for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this faith is growing exceedingly. This charity is abounding one toward another through the brethren, through the church. Blood flow. What is that? Bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. Not destroying one another because it's in a different phenomenal ideology or uh, apologetics than what you have. But lifting up the name of Jesus. Condescending to men of low estate and preferring your brother above yourself. And why is this? It's called sanctification. Sanctifying yourself through the word of God in obedience that you may be presented blameless. And we are to sanctify ourselves wholly, both spirit, soul, and body. That burdens upon us. We have uh, the Holy Ghost Christ in us to do that. The power of God and salvation to do it. But we cannot stay in the world and do it. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not any. For all that is of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. The world passes away by the lust thereof. But whosoever do... They do the will of God. Whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever, shall live forever. It is eternal life given to those that crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust unto obedience unto righteousness, which yields then holiness through these great and exceedingly great and precious promises given to each one of us that we are made partakers of his divine nature. That's holiness. Escaping the corruption of the world through lust. We escape this world. Well, we don't escape sufferings in the flesh because Paul tells us very simply, tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. He states that in Second Thessalonians 1. Your faith groweth exceedingly through all these temptations or trials that you go through, having experience and faith and knowing that God will bring you through. And the charity of every one of you abounds one to another. That's a blood flow. You've added to your faith, faith, virtue. Then from virtue, you've added to your virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the godlike. But you don't stop there. Godliness, you add to godliness, brotherly kindness, and the final epoch, that is charity. 
Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is not just love. That The definition of charity is the love of God based in doing his will and obedience. Based in the word of God. That's charity. It rejoices in the truth. Bondeth not itself, not easily puffed up, seeketh not its own. Seeks that of another's. There, lifting up the brother always in the body of Christ. That is, Paul stated, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. But when this charity came, I became a man. I put away these childish things. That's the mind of Christ. That's the final apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7. Coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into a perfect man. Not as newborn babes that desire the sincere milk of the word that may grow thereby. Yes, we were all babies at one time, but we have to grow up. You're born of the water and the spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's a circumcision of the heart, the body, the sins of the flesh cut off by water baptism. There's no way else to believe with the heart, the heart and the spirit, and that's circumcision. That is to be cut off the body, the sins of the flesh by baptism there and also born of the spirit that you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But you don't stop there. That gets you in the race. Now we all run a race, but only one went at the prize. The one is one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all father of us all and in us all in the unity of the faith as one body. And that will be the ones, those that will proclaim and preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. The end of the world is upon us now. The end of the age. And it's incumbent upon us that we do the will of God in present truth, not as newborn babies. We've grown up. And we go up from stage from newborn babies to little children. Little children, their sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and they know that Jesus is the Father. You see that in 1 John 2, 12-14. But you don't stop there, simply knowing that Jesus is the Father revealed. He's that same Spirit. Then you go to the next step. You're growing, continuously glowing, growing up into Jesus in all truth and all things, uh, and not the old wine of the old store, but the new wine, the new store, and making ourselves new wineskin. And there we're pleasing the Lord, walking in the light, as he's in the light, having fellowship, one with another, blood flow, and the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin, because it's a present truth that cleanses us in walking in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Then the next step is young men. That the inside Christ in you have grown up from babies to little children, now to young men. Quite a growth rate. Well, John states that I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you. You sought out of the word of God and searched the scriptures and you put off the conformity to the world and you've renewed your mind, the mind of Christ. And you renewed in your mind. The only way you did that is through offering your body a living sacrifice. That is 
circumcised to the world. You are a square peg in a round hole. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And because you're not of the world, the world hates you. Jesus said, they hated me without a cause. He was God manifest in the flesh. The Father revealed Emmanuel, God with us. Yet, they rejected him. The stone which that the builders there rejected has become the head of the corner, the cornerstone. The chief, the chief capstone, the headstone, and grace, grace unto it in the last day work of the ministry, perfecting the body of Christ from the least to the greatest all, coming into one mind, one accord in the unity of the faith. That's where we are now. Well, what is it? Well, you've gone now. The word of God is strong in you. And you prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. That's only one way. And it's seeking God out of a pure heart in the word of God. Word of God is strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. You've overcome the world, the devil, and your own flesh. But you don't stop there. There's one more sealing there in Revelation 7, which is the servants of God in their foreheads. Those are the fathers. So you've gone from Newborn babes to little children to young men, now to fathers. I write in you fathers, John said in his epistle, because you have known him that's from the beginning. That him that's from the beginning is the word of God. He doesn't call you servants anymore. He calls you friends. For a servant knows not what his Lord doeth. You know the work of the ministry you are prepared for it. You have grown up in the Jesus in all things and all truth. You're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Your vessels meet for the master's use and the work of the ministry in these last days, this gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world for witness in all nations. And then the end will come. Yes. Why are so many going through troubles, troublous times now? Understand why. You're going through temptations and trials. Your faith is being tried as by fire. And it can come forth as pure gold. They see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, the Lord Jesus. The bottom line is that those that have suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's 1 Peter 4.1. Paul gives us the reason why. There in 2 Thessalonians 1. For faith to grow exceedingly, the charity of every one of us to abound one toward another. That charity that will cover a multitude of sins, that's a bond, our guarantee of perfectness, of reaching the manner of the statue of Jesus Christ after his total revelation, the total revealing of Jesus. In exact image of Jesus Christ, the body fitly framed together and compacted together to reveal one body, Jesus ahead and you the body of the Christ. The greatest work that has ever been seen, this side of glory, there is to be revealed in the last days. God's doing it now. Well, what's happening? He said, though your faith, your faith is tried as by fire. It can come forth as pure gold to the glory of God. 
he states that same thing in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter. In all your persecutions, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You don't hear that. You hear mostly of the prosperity preachers. You're going to have a ton of money. You just give to their church, and you're going to be blessed financially with money. But nothing about taking on the nature of Jesus in his divine nature. And the only way to do that is crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. It's called sanctification. You don't hear that preached much anymore. Still the truth. Sanctify yourself, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. And it says through these persecutions and tribulations that you endure. You've got to endure hardship as a good soldier. Don't be blown out by it when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. By and by you get offended and bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Don't do that. Stay the course. Hold the line. Occupy till it comes. You will reap if you faint not. You will reap, that is, uh, grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. If you don't quit, he that putteth his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Remember Lot's wife. Well, this persecution and tribulation that you endure is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Not just judgment, the righteous judgment of God. Well, what is a manifest token? Well, if someone was to give you a car, they're not going to run the car through your front door of your house and knock down that wall to get it to you. They're going to come in with simple keys and give you the title. That's the token of the car. And you know it's yours. Well, how do you know you're God? You belong to him. You're bought with a price. Well, through this tribulation persecution that you endure, which is a manifest token of what? Of the righteous judgment of God. Why? That you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Not the Christ in you, but the kingdom that you're coming into. That millennial where you will be kings and priests unto the Lord your God and reign with him for a thousand years. That's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation to them that have troubled or tribulation to you. And you which are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord shall be revealed from heaven. That's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And why? Because our testimony among you was believed. That's testimony of Jesus growing up in the hymn in all truth. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And when you have that revelation, then you count it a joy when you fall into these diverse temptations. You're realizing that your faith is being tried as by fire. The glory of God is upon you. And you know why. That you're troubled on every side, but not in distress. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? Why do you suffer like that? That the life of the Lord Jesus may be made manifest in your mortal bodies. The body of Christ, for we which live, the whole body of Christ, the church. The whole body of Christ, we all that live. And these diverse temptations, the sufferings in the flesh, 
all this trouble, persecution, tribulation, all that we endure as a good as a good soldier of the cross. We which live are always delivered unto death. Death, that's crucifying the flesh. So you can live in God. That's a dichotomy. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, may be made manifest in our mortal flesh, our mortal bodies. For our light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us, what does it work? A more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Everybody wants the glory of God, but nobody wants to suffer. You have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the less. The nations that are doing that now, the ones that's going to be leading this gospel of the kingdom to all the world for a witness in all nations. It's there for us. We have been preaching this and bringing it on the podcast and over our videos, our instructional videos for over three years since we've had the visitation of our Lord Jesus on the 19th of January, 2019. We are bombarded and cannot answer all of the ones that are calling and crying out from Africa and India. But very, very few from America. They bought this little so-called prosperity gospel and no sufferings. They think it's all glory with no pain, no suffering. They bought a lie. You're not called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Think it not strange the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, and the glory of God resteth upon your head. Knowing this, that he, those that suffer with him shall reign with him as a joint heir and equal heir of Christ. Then if it be that we suffer with him, that after we have suffered for a while, God establish, strengthen, and settle us all in the current present truth of the word of God. And that's what he's doing now. You in Africa, will be there with you. There, we're, we're doing everything we can uh, there and selling some assets, whatever we can to get there with you. And those that are here feel the call of God, the Holy Ghost movement upon you. Move. Don't procrastinate. Get in the move of God in the current truth because the Holy Ghost is moving. It's going to be the greatest move of God this world has ever seen. Even in the book of Acts will pale in comparison to what God is doing now. Well, Holy Ghost has bore witness with your spirit. There, then... Join us. Join me. There, give me a call. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. We'll work together. Plus one, 903-746-4885. Those of you in Africa, I'm getting back to you. Uh, there, we're a little behind, but we will get back to you. There, the Lord Jesus bless you. There, you can also email me. SealingGodsPeople at DennisBeard.org. And also, it's on the screen where you can write to us as well as visit our websites. All you have to do is make that effort. We will certainly get back to you. God's doing it now. Don't let it pass you by. The Lord is definitely moving upon his body. Well, God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us. 
that the whole body of Christ may be presented blameless. It is coming, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.